in swinger. Oh, oh and the goal! The Republic of Ireland oh. have scored! John Egan with his first ever international goal! What a moment for Stephen Kenny! Full live commentary of the Republic of Ireland against Lithuania this Tuesday on OTB Sports Radio. The Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Everyone ran their socks off tonight and they left everything out there. They're very proud of the, the team's performance. Let the shackles off Katie a bit so that she can go and play her game. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello there, you are welcome along to episode 19 of the Koi Gig Pod, OTB's home of everything WSL, Irish football and everything else in between. I'm Karen Duggan and with me is the one and only Pearl Slattery. Emma Carroll will join us a little bit later on with her team of the week. And we'll also be talking to Pearl's teammate and newly capped Ireland international, Chloe Mustaki. I'd say she's fairly buzzing after the weekend, um, like yourself. To start <laughs> off with, you really romped home against Cork, I mean, 7-0. Um, did you just turn on the style or what was what was it? Um, actually, you know what, we've actually played better, Karen, believe it or not, against the likes of Cork in, in previous seasons and probably have struggled to put them away. Now, look, don't get me wrong. You know, you don't like scoring. You know yourself 6-7 yeah. on teams. You, you get no joy out of it. But in terms of selfishly, if we're looking at our squad, it was a great opportunity to get a bit of joy, confidence in front of goal. Because as I said, we've we've probably played better in those games in previous seasons. We've only managed to score one or two and, you know, hit every frame of the goal and keepers pulling off worldly. So, look... It was really nice for obviously four and a up at half time and, and Noel made a few changes and it was, you know, great for the likes of Gemma Quinn who's back in the league, Gloria Douglas, Kate O'Dowd, um, and a few of the girls who won the second half scoring a goal. You know yourself keeping the squad happy. Yeah. So it was nice. We were able to make the five changes and all the subs that came on um, did really well. So look, as I said, you probably get no joy out of that scoreline, but for us it was more so confidence in front of the goal, keeping a clean sheet and, and three points. So we were yeah, not not as comfortable an afternoon for us in Piedmont. Um, very good first half, horrific second half. DLR came back. Um, honestly, if the game had gone on for another ten minutes, I I think we would have lost. Like it was just one of those mad halves where we just couldn't get the ball down at all. But the standout, I think, on the WNL this week, the result was Athlone beating Galway. We spoke about. Alone last week and how yes. they are really difficult to play against Galway obviously now without Savannah um, they're missing Julianne I think possibly missing Lindsay, Lindsay as McKee well, as well. Yeah. so it was going to be a tough task but Athlone have proved now that they can go and beat the we'll call them the big teams whatever yeah like we spoke about how because obviously it was in Athlone and we've made that point how difficult it is to go there now and as I said they've added a few bodies I obviously had experience of it two weeks ago, but look, I think like everybody, when I come out of my game, you know, you check mm-hmm. the League of Ireland and you see the score and you're still thinking, oh my God, you know, everyone was a bit surprised. Mm-hmm. But again, it just backs up what we've said. But I just, you know, obviously you mentioned you were missing Julie and Lindsay. I just hope when Galway kept Sav this season, it was such a lift for them. You just hope, Massive, hope yeah. now it's not the opposite that they don't just let it defeat them now because she's such a big personality. She's the captain, you know, the way she plays and stuff. You just hope now that it doesn't affect the rest of the season. And you're hoping with the likes of Julie, Lindsay, the more serious uh, senior players at Galway now that you can kind of, I suppose, get rid of that weekend now and I suppose not let it affect them down the line because Galway still have a good squad there. But definitely a surprise, surprise result. But again, fair play to Atlanta. 
Yeah, no other surprises then. Wexford beating Treaty 3-0 yeah. and of course Bowes beating Sligo 3-1. Not that comfortable in a fair, I would say. But yeah, Wexford obviously, Expected. that was very, very expected. Um, across the water then, there was another big win. You thought you were doing well with your 7-0. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea, um, their joint ever record for goals scored, a 9-0 win against Leicester. Like, that's I mean, crazy. That's crazy. I know it's yeah. top and bottom of the league, but they had seven goals in forty-seven minutes. I think they had three in by the seventh minute. I was just about to say. I think when I when I was having a look at, I, I just couldn't believe it. First ten minutes, it was like three 0 But again, you don't like to see that. But I suppose a, a nice little highlight there as well. Lauren James came on, and you know she's First been goal for Chelsea. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, a big player for United. I think she's a top player. Great to see her back. But yeah, just. Uh, and the really of, yeah. of Leicester but it shows again the quality of Chelsea squad and then obviously Arsenal not playing do you know obviously yeah. now they're even I think on games are they now so Chelsea are one point up one now point yeah so they it. they had been um, behind obviously the whole way because they played um, a less game but now five games both, left it's so interesting they play now even games mm-hmm. you know Chelsea obviously showing how good their squad is there. So look, the next five games are going to be so interesting. I can't wait. But again, a mad scoreline, but look, Chelsea are there to do one job and they have to win. Again, it just it just shows, I suppose, the strength in their squad as well throughout. Yeah, and there was a bit of history made. Um, Man United playing in Old Trafford. So fantastic to see. Would love to see way more of it. I think they had 20,000 people at the game. And they got a really good game, to be fair. Everton surprised them by going yes. 1-0 up. But... Man United have a lot of quality um, up top, and Russo, I love. I just love watching oh, her. Yeah. She's so powerful. Um, yeah. So three one win, and it's just it was just the atmosphere. Everything about it was brilliant. The crowd and stuff. It was brilliant to see the crowd. Obviously, you can imagine what the feeling was like for those United players playing at Old Trafford. Yeah, it must have been unbelievable. And like I saw, it was you know it was fairly even early out, and Emsley who actually scores the everything goal, she was probably their best player. I think she was a threat on the counter attack all through the game, especially in the first half. And, and um, as you mentioned there, Russo, who probably under Stoney only got, you know, glimpses mm. here and there. And she's really shown now when, she, when she's been, I know she's playing centrally before, but she's playing more so on the right-hand side. But two brilliant headers. But I'd like to just give a, a shout out to Salem, is it? Oh, yeah, Salem, more yeah. deliveries, corner kicks. Oh, my God. But the two headers Russo scored were lovely. And then obviously the captain. Yeah. Um, well, I wonder, will Emma, Emma give Zellam a, a, a dig out this week in the team of the week? And I she doesn't want to put too many Man United players in there, but I think it'd be hard yeah, to ignore. Some of her deliveries, Karen, were yeah. unbelievable. And then, look, Russo's, even the fourth header was a lovely little loop, but the, sec- or the, the second header Scott then was more, I suppose, uh, direct top it, corner, yeah. yeah, like a bullet. So, look, a great day for United. Yeah, and Skinner, he talked after the match about the impact that a team like Man United can have in growing the league. They're the most followed team in the world. It's it's well, it was mad that for so long they weren't have they didn't have a women's team or they weren't promoting it in the way. And I think he's right. I think that having a team like Man United playing in Old Trafford that helps the entire league. Oh, absolutely. For years, as you said, they weren't. But I think the fact that they're in the league now and they have a women's section, but they're competing now, mm. which is Brilliant. you know, yeah. And that's you know, if you are gonna like that, will only help if they are competing. They are in the top half of the table. Games like that in Old Trafford, seeing a crowd like that, it's absolutely massive. I mean, the WSL is just going strength from strength and it's brilliant to, yeah, to see games and that, that, um, that fight for that third spot. I know City played midweek and they obviously beat Everton as well. 
but uh, yeah, it's re- the top four. It's just the it's a, such an interesting battle. Lovely, yeah, yeah it it's is, so it good. It's really poised for the end of the season. Um, the other games that were played then: um, Brighton overcame West Ham. Could have been a tricky one. Um, again, great to see Megan Connolly playing full ninety minutes. She's our mainstay in that team. Um, West Ham did have chances on the break. Um, yeah, but Brighton just had that little bit of quality. Actually, yeah, West Ham kind of. It was an even game. They both had chances, I felt. They could have went either way. And look, obviously the fourth goal is lovely from Brighton and then Mm. West Ham made it. It looked there's an error at the back of the second goal. But like a few times throughout the game, they're trying to play out in times. I'm thinking, just, you know, go long here. Play to your strengths, yeah. Yeah, the second goal comes from a mess at the back. But like West Ham had a fair few chances. So... um, but look, I think when you when you take your your chances, you're deserved winner. So a uh, good good win for Brighton, I have to say, because West Ham have been doing okay recently. You know, yeah, they're a tricky, tricky side to get, play against. Um, kind of a mid table kind of clash. Wouldn't get overly excited about Aston Villa and Reading, but it was an even affair, and there was good chances. Again, Grace Maloney was busy enough, so Villa definitely started the better, which maybe we wouldn't have expected. Um, and they did probably have the better chances, but it was a one all draw there. One all fairly even, I felt. Mm. Um, obviously, the both goals came to the second half, so that just shows you. But I remember seeing Grace pulled off an unbelievable save at one all. I think it was from Allen. Um, could have won them the game, and you know I'm hoping again. She's probably in, hoping she's in Emma's uh, team of the week for that <laughs> save. Alone. It's honestly an unbelievable save. You haven't seen it. Allen's clean through on goal. She just gets her hand down to it, and you know gets them a point now and again in a game. So she's just. Coming a big, big player, more so yeah. every season. We know how big she is for them, but she just keeps proving it season on season, you know? Yeah, and I, we talk about it a lot, that that fight for the Irish goalkeeping spot. Yeah. I wish we didn't talk about it a lot because your keeper should be nailed on, but it is it comes up every time. Yeah, look, it's a really interesting one. Obviously, look, I'm not around the squad, Karen, so I'm not sure why, but it's very hard when you're watching the WSL and you're seeing the unbelievable performances Grace is pulling out. You do have to wonder. And look, Brosnan, obviously, when she did come into the Ireland squad, she obviously had a few rough periods, if you like, but she has come into form. But it's just, it's a hard one. And obviously, you have Walsh now coming into the frame. So there's three keepers there. Um, But I think, like everyone you see on social media and stuff, Vera and obviously the goalkeeping coach sees a lot more than we do. So Mm -hmm. you have to trust in them. But it is questionable, I think, when you watch the WSL and the performances, you know, Grace is pulling off week to week. I mean, you know, she's one of the star player for Redden um, every single week. So, again, yeah, I'm not sure. It's just because it's such an important position on the pitch, not just the saves or whatever, but organising your backline. We're going yeah. Ireland are going to have a really tough test against Sweden. You're going to want someone who's, and obviously Savannah won't be playing now. You'd imagine yeah. Diane Caldwell will come in straight away and that won't upset things. But that, that bit of uncertainty can creep in and you just don't want it. Absolutely. It's... As you said, there's such an important period now coming up to us. But again, I just always have to, because I've been involved in squads, they obviously see something. I don't know what it is. And look, as you said, Sav's obviously missing now. That was another interesting thing. I think, you know, she was playing the Women's National League and keeping a Diane out, which was fascinating. Mm. Um, so again, this is probably Diane's chance now to 
get back in the 11 and keep our spot. But um, interesting to see. I don't know. Every time, you know, there's an international break, always interesting to see. Because there's three keepers and top keepers there now, it'll be interesting to see who who gets the number one spot for the upcoming mm. games. It gives us something to talk about <laughs> anyway. So we're happy about that on the Koi Gig Pod. Um, the Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury FC, official snack partner for the Republic of Ireland women's national team. If you have any opinions, suggestions or thoughts on what we've just been discussing, get them to us on Twitter on at off the ball using the hashtag OTB Koi Gig. We would love to hear them. We've had a full weekend of WSL action and there was one woman guaranteed to watch it all. Ten screens on the go again. Emma Carroll, who has made your Koi Gig team of the week? Wasn't too bad. We had to uh, call off, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it took the pressure off a little a half bit. day's work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I went with Grace Maloney in goal, Daniel Turner, Millie Bright and Badier as a back three. Um, in midfield... Five slash front four. Let's just say it's quite attacking this week. <laughs> it's very attacking this week, yes. <laughs> Guru, Wrighton, uh, Kagman, Zellum, Dali, Russo, and then a front two of Kerr and England. Okay, well, a strong. we expected a strong Chelsea um, contingency there. Um, Wrighton, just for that that free kick, I mean, that really set them off. Like, you can't you can't put that anywhere better, really. She was just brilliant. Top bins, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I was looking on Twitter. They did have, like, her heat map thing as well, and she's just so aggressive in those attacking areas. Um, so, yeah. so impressive. Well, they were impressive everywhere, but, um, yeah, very strong. Yeah, yeah, and I was... Where, like- I agree with Millie Bright going in just for that pass that she did for oh, the Sam Kerr yeah. goal. Like that's defence splitting it. She just took everyone out of the game. Um, great run, obviously. And she finished it at the second attempt. Um, yeah. Again. She looked like she was looking for a goal herself as well. A lot of times. Yeah. She's popping up <laughs> I in think the box that happens time to time, though, in, you know? in those games. You kind of get a bit selfish and you're yeah, like, I don't yeah. want to get involved in this. <laughs> Everybody goes. So yeah. the, scores, the scores aren't going up. Everyone's running up for free kicks and stuff. It definitely yeah. seemed that way, yeah. For Selim's deliveries alone, Karen, yes. I'm so happy she's in there. Yeah. I couldn't go. I was watching the game and I was just thinking I would love to be on the end of those. But she just laces them lovely. Um, so I'm delighted yeah. she's in and there. And we've kind of spoken about the importance of those set-piece <laughs> deliveries. That's why we've kind of put Megan Connolly in the team a couple of times as well. Like, they're such a big part. Like, yeah. the two headers, obviously, that Russo scored were brilliant but like someone has to put them on her head uh, and Zellum was just pinging balls in there it was brilliant um Kagman in uh we don't often see her but like really really good performance from her at the weekend as well goal and assist I think Mm. she got goal and assist yeah Yeah. that was decent performance um you know the game itself probably wasn't a whole lot to write home about but um yeah goal and assist and I suppose when you don't have the likes of City and Arsenal playing it gives you the opportunity to get some of these players in as well that are having actually decent seasons, but we don't get to talk about them a lot. The same with um, Dali as well for Everton. She's probably one of the only Everton boys so act- sparks. Now, Claire Emsley is probably worth yeah, an honourable mention as well. Mm. For about an hour, she kind of yeah. was really good and then she seemed to tire a bit maybe. But um, the last That's few big weeks, old Trafford pitch now, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, 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 I wouldn't Everton's fancy that. Old, she was Everton's only threat, wasn't she really, in the game? And obviously scored a lovely finish in the third minute or so. But I just thought... Watching the game, she was, you know, counter-attack. She was really hurting United. Um, so she could yeah. have been a show. Blundell as well, I thought, had a good game for United. She was decent, to be fair, as well. So Yeah, Emma doesn't like to put too many Man United players. No, no, I have <laughs> three, I have three Don't in there. Don't mind that so. either, Emma. <laughs> I'd say you're buzzing for next season, hopefully having Liverpool. Yeah, can we just mention be... Megan Campbell's throw-ins as well? I oh, thought yes. New Fahey was going to get on the end of one, and then, like, about 30 seconds later, she 
whips one in and they do score for one. So, uh, yeah, the sooner the better. Great to see them back down the WSL, won't they? Yeah, yeah can't wait. Where they should be. I mean, like we said, we Mark Skinner talked about like the progress that Man United can help with the league. Liverpool are the same, like in terms of following, um, even more so now since the recent successes. So, um, be great to see them back in. Uh, even more Irish bias to look forward to. On the, <laughs> yeah. We do have one <laughs> Irish player. Irish yeah. bias, like, <laughs> That's your dream. That's season. your dream, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> you do have one Irish player in there. Um, always good to get a shout out. And we've mentioned it before. Maloney, like she's she, on her day. She's unbelievable. Yeah, I think she was like, apart from, you know, obviously, Lamborn for Leicester being a busy mm. goalkeeper. I think Maloney was one of the busiest goalkeepers of the weekend and pulled it off some brilliant saves. So I think she was sure fire. I think she's the only standout goalkeeper of the weekend. So there was no chance of her not going in there. And um, you mentioned Connolly as well. She probably could have been more to shout as well in the midfield. I think um, there was too many strikers to try and fit I, in there. I mean, <laughs> you, you're already pushing it a little bit here. These are attacking fullbacks as well. Very, yeah, very, <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's just be bright. At, yeah, even she was attacking. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought Dan Turner though done well for Everton. I thought she kept mm. the Galton and uh, Tune relatively quiet as well. Not um, an easy task. We've no, spoken about Tune a lot. She's brilliant she's so lively yeah so that was that was a big one but everyone would have wanted to impress wouldn't they out in Old Trafford like I'd say everyone was really really up for that game so yeah poor Martha Thomas not getting her goal as well yeah was she injured or was was she on the bench I actually didn't check that out I don't know Emma do you know uh, Caldwell was it? Yeah, I yeah. think she was in- injured. I think was she? by the yeah. looks of it, yeah, I think she put out an uh, Instagram or a tweet or something afterwards. Right, because she had she been playing. So when I turned the game on, she was actually the first person I looked for because she's the biggest United fan ever. <laughs> I know. So I thought like she probably just yeah. googly eyed star. That's a shame for her. She's been Trafford, playing brilliantly you know? as well. Yeah, it's such a shame for her. But look, hopefully she'll be back fit for the upcoming Irish games. So yes. Obviously, we mentioned that Savannah isn't there, but like. What a person to slap back in. Like I said, there was eyebrows raised that she can start for Man United and wasn't yeah. starting on the Irish team. Shows that there's good competition there though as well. Absolutely. And it shows as well. And I always say this to players, obviously we always applaud people going abroad, but Sav, you know, plays in Air League, went into the squads, didn't just go in to take part, went in and, and took our place instead in it. So it just goes to show that. But again, look, Diana's been a great servant, hasn't she been over the years? So she's looked the perfect body to go back in now for the important games coming yeah. up. She, she'll be busy for that Sweden <laughs> game anyway. <Yeah. laughs> well, what do you reckon did Emma nail with her selections? I actually think we agreed on everything there, which was new. Um, but do you think do you think someone was left out? Are we entirely wrong? Let us know. Get your thoughts and opinions into us on Twitter on at off the ball using the hashtag OTB Now we are delighted to be joined by a Shelburne player and newly capped Ireland international Chloe Masaki. Chloe, welcome to the Koi Gig Pod. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've been following all your guys' progress over the past while. It's interesting to to be on and to be a part of it. I know I'm feeling a little bit outnumbered here on the <laughs> Shelburne vibe. Um, I'm a bit uncomfortable, but look, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. It's become a regular we... thing, the Shells P thing, Karen. <laughs> it's where we weren't friends. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, we're so happy to have you on the podcast, Chloe. Obviously, things are going great for you at the moment. Um, newly capped Ireland International. Um, and we've we've heard a lot of your story, but kind of want to just take you right back because I was looking, doing a bit of Googling, and I was looking at where you went to school. So you went to St. Andrews. 
And the, the list of honours of people who've come out of that school for a relatively small school, is there just an ethos or is there a particular teacher that just encourages I'm just thinking like is it Andrew Porter Julian Pinder Chloe Watkins you like what what's going on there (laughs) yeah eh, interestingly well it's a it's quite a big hockey school so Mm. um a lot of people come out of Andrews you know having been capped at underage at least um in hockey both men and women um, then I think, I don't know, myself and Porter kind of just <laughs> uh, slipped through there over the past couple of years. Uh, yeah, Andrew's obviously been fantastic with the Irish men's rugby team and stuff. So um, I don't know. It's, it's a tricky question. Like, it's not a massive um, school for sport, generally speaking. Um, and even when it comes to hockey, like we do well, but we're not kind of, I don't think we win like every mm. season either or every year. So I don't know. Like, I, 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 the answer to that question is interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like sport is really not at the forefront in Andrews. It's, it's, it's a very multicultural school, mm. um, which is probably the main thing it's known for. So, um, I don't know. Like, I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. It's a good one, though. <laughs> so, where did soccer come into play for you then originally? Yeah. Uh, so you well you know yourself but um I have an older brother so um I used to just play with him and his friends on the street um outside our house in the early days um we both played for a local club called Park Celtic um and then I just yeah fell in love with it kept playing he stopped played a bit of rugby dabbled in a few sports and then uh, he ended up becoming a doctor doctor and having no time for anything else so um so yeah really through him um to be honest even though he doesn't play you know he still he still follows um you know my progress and stuff serious progress being made at the moment um well just touch on that the the cap how how long it's been coming for you how what that feeling must have been like um I don't think anyone like everyone was so buzzing like I was all over Twitter everyone was so happy to see it I'm sure it was the same in Shell's group chat and stuff everyone was so buzzing um was it emotional yeah it definitely was emotional to be honest the biggest thing about it was it it came quite unexpected and which kind of made it a bit sweeter like you know obviously I I got back playing competitively end of August um and to think that I would have got that first cap what was it six months later um I, you know, going through the tough times during my rehab, like I would have never thought that six months, you know, post my first game back, um, I'd get my first international camp or a senior cap. So, yeah, I don't know. It was really emotional. And like, you know, I think as competitive athletes, you guys would know, like every time you reach a milestone, it's always about striving for the next thing. And like, that's something that's just ingrained in us. We just always do it. But like for the first time, I was able to kind of just just be happy, like just be yeah. happy and enjoy the moment and not be worried about, okay, well, will I play in the next game now? You know, and I was just content with having played and with having got that cap, which is just something I'm really not used to. Uh, so it was a really enjoyable moment, you know, specifically for that as well. And then also, I mean, like Pearl would have seen it firsthand, but like just through the 18 months of my rehab and like, wondering like would I actually ever get back to that level like there were definitely days where I did think that um so it was great it was fantastic and then I actually spoke to someone last week who asked me like you know you've you've reached that was your goal over the past five years or so get that first international cap so how do you feel now like you know are you 
are you still, as I mentioned, striving for that next thing or are you still basking in that happiness and stuff? So it's a bit of both, you know, like as I said, like you reach that stage and then you're always striving for more, but it's important to try and reflect on, you know, how far you've come and, and be happy with that. Chloe, just just in terms of the injury itself, obviously there you've said I would have seen a lot of that stuff like last season and stuff and pre-season and watching you run by yourself. And I just, I'd like to give you a shout out. You're probably one of the best teammates I've probably ever had in terms of quality of play, how driven you are, um, just standards constantly. And obviously, you know, the injury came out of nowhere. So it was a challenge for you, something you've never faced. And you're probably one of the first people, like obviously I've heard of people getting injuries and the ACL, but... You're one who's obviously went into detail to me and I'd always think, Jesus, after hearing what you've went through, it's a really serious injury. And I mean, like, how tough was it? Like, fill people in just on those 18 months because I think people just watch the success story and brilliant, you're back in with the Irish squad and you're back in with Shells, which we were buzzing with. But I mean, how tough was it, you know, that journey of rehab and just the injury itself? Yeah, it's one of those things or it's like anything in life really actually until you experience it yourself, you'll never truly understand. And like you would have had the names of like Rihanna Jarrett, Kira Rossiter, some of those big names that, you know, we would have heard about tearing the ACN. You would have thought like, God, how unlucky they are to have even done it multiple times and like how shit a journey it must be. But like, Jesus, do I know how shit it is now? And like, you know, that's not really to scare people off. Like, you know, my heart goes out to Sav, you know, who's just done hers and other people. It's happening to all the time. And like, it isn't the end of the world. Like it's fine. You'll get through it. And yes, there'll be tough days, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it teaches you a lot. Like I, people actually always ask me, like, unfortunately, obviously I've been through cancer treatment as well. And people always ask me to like compare and contrast the two, which is a great question. And like, definitely, I think from a mental standpoint, when you're an elite athlete, um, and that's just part of who you are, like to have that taken away from you is almost more like, destabilizing than going through something like chemo and like that may be like weird to hear but like with chemo like you could still I could still you know play a bit of football I could still run like as an athlete we run you know as athletes we run every single day I couldn't do that properly for like Mm. nine months and like that is just you know having not having that adrenaline rush or anything for so long when you're so used to it like it it really messes with your head and like, I definitely went through such a difficult time mentally throughout my rehab. And I'm still, I, I wouldn't say like at the other end of that, like still has affected me. And I still, you know, have things to work through. I think myself having gone through such a difficult period, not being able to run, not being able to play, not being able to be in that team environment, which I was so used to. Like, so I think like I found it so tough, like tougher than my cancer treatment from a mental perspective. Definitely. Um, obviously they each had their own challenges, but like, I think I was particularly unlucky in just that I had a I had a difficult rehab and like people shouldn't really like look at me as as the standard and um, and I think that made it particularly tricky as well because as I said before like it's all it's all well and good if you're not putting in the work and the time and you're not seeing the results but like yeah. for someone like myself and like like I'm not scared to say it like I I did everything right like you know I showed up to the gym every day or every second day how many times I needed to be in like I I asked all the questions all the time and like Pearl would laugh like I'm just so meticulous about everything like even Michelle's group like asking all these questions like what time would even at like and all these things stupid things but like that's just who I am and like I took that rehab process really really like seriously and 
to not be able to meet those milestones when I was giving it hundred percent. It's like, that was also something that I really like struggled with throughout the process. So I had some kind of extra battles um, and not to, to, to make it sound like I had a tougher time than everyone else. Like everyone's journey is different, but, uh, but yeah, mentally it was just, it was awful. It was awful. But like, it's taught me a lot about myself as well. And um, it's made me appreciate like, from a mental health perspective, like how easy it is actually to kind of derail a little bit. And like, you know, having had quite a structured background and being quite privileged in my background, I never mentally struggled until, until I tore my ACL. And like, I definitely, those two years and still, like I feel like I'm not at the other end of just like how hard I found that just not being able to just get that release and um, that I was so used to like my whole life essentially. It's really refreshing to hear you kind of like mention say mental health and things because I do think when you play elite sports you you need that adrenaline rush you need this that, and the other and the highs are very high and then the lows can be very low. Do you have any particular tools or was it all just your own internal mindset you were trying to like make yourself feel better about these these dark days come out the other side or do you to buy into like sports psychology and um, what, what's your trick? Cause I know that we could all do it a little bit of help yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think most people who are close to me would know that like generally speaking, I'm quite an open person. And like the thing that brings me most happiness in my life are my, rela- my relationships. So like I spent so much time like talking about my process to my friends, my family, to my physios. I mean, I've mentioned before, like I openly cried to end a king and Santry like several times like hmm. and um I think I was just really open and uh, about how I was feeling throughout and like one thing I'd mentioned going through the process to end it was like how how for an injury that's so common and so difficult to kind of get to and come back from in a way how is there not some like m- online forum where people mm. can like discuss these things and can talk through these you know issues that they're having and see like how other elite athletes have dealt with it. Um, and those were kind of questions that I was trying to get answers for at the time. Um, like something else that I wish we did have more of in the Irish setup was that psychological support. And like, not to name drop, but like, I'm sure she wouldn't mind, but like Claire Shine, when she was going through a tough time, she's obviously a friend of mine. Like, I just wish there was a bit more of that support, um, you know, in the Irish women's setup here not necessarily just through the FAI, but even through the clubs. Like it just, I'm sure some of the bigger nations have it even in their leagues. And it's just, it would be great to try and um, and have a bit more of that because people may think elite athletes have it all, but like being in that environment, you know, all the time can bring its own psychological difficulties. Um, and as well, like when when something is so a part of you, like being in that team environment, playing football, running, and that's taken away from you. Like that's, it's like in a way, like losing, you know, a partner or in a way, like to a lesser degree, but it's losing a big part of yourself. And how do you deal with that as an athlete, you know? So um, it's something I wish I had more access to, but I guess I was just, in a nutshell, I was kind of lucky just with the friends and the family I had and the upbringing I had. I was just, you know, and, and the past experiences I had, I could, have perspective on everything and I knew I'd get there someday even if it just took me a bit longer I knew I would get there but like for some reason some people can't see that and it's much more difficult for them so I guess like that lack of psychological support um in women's football in Ireland is a bit disappointing probably like it's good that you're open so you would go and seek help but I I do think you're right I think it needs to be visible it needs to be 
put in front of people to be like, because people don't like to ask for support. They don't like to ask for help. They think they can manage it themselves. But if it's actually put in front of you and not forced on you, but like we should probably all be checking in with someone every now and then, like in terms of the league, like after we we imploded in the league last year, I wasn't right for a long time. Um, but we just kind of sweep it under the carpet and things yeah. like that. So I do think you're you're dead right at that. I know the PFAI do have um, some supports in place, but again, visibility, like people wouldn't really even know that. It would I didn't even know that. See, yeah. yeah, I didn't even know that. Like, and as I said, I'm sure like if if I asked for it, I'd, I'd get it. Mm-hmm. But it'd be great. Yeah, it'd be great that if there was more visibility um, around that. Yeah. So, God, this is very deep. So we deep when we Karen. Sorry, Karen. Just before I move on, Chloe. Just in terms of sorry for mentioning the ACL again. And obviously, you've mentioned Sav, like who's a teammate of yours in the Irish squad, was probably in our peak, and it's you know the most unfortunate time for her to pick up that injury. But as you said, when people get injured like that, mentally or physically, people don't really speak about. Or would you have any tips? I suppose if Sav or you know anybody else in the league or around the country, you know just just get an ACL, like any little tips that got you through the 18 months or as you said, everybody's individual injury is going to be a little bit different. But I suppose I'm just thinking, you know, if that was me now and I'm sitting, I'm listening to this and you've lived through it, it would be really helpful, you know? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I just think in tough times, people that get you through it is the people around you. And I just think it's it's important to try and be as vocal as you can um, when you're going through these things and also reach out to people who've done it before. I mean, like I spoke to to Rihanna, I spoke to Tegan Ruddy. Loads of those girls really helped me through Like when I was going through issues, road bumps along the way to be able to bounce thoughts off them and to be able to understand whether it was normal, whether it was slightly abnormal. Like, and another thing that actually really helped me as well, and this is only just a personal thing, but like you probably all, both of you have heard about the High Performance Podcast. Yeah. And like, I have become addicted to listening <laughs> to like motivational stuff. And like, as I said, I went through my darkest days, I would say to date and um, going through that rehab process. And as I said, still not out the other end, but like, even like um, this morning, like went out for a walk and listen in the high performance podcast and just like listening to people who have gone, who have reached massive highs in their field, but talk about the lows that they've gone through um, and what it taught them and just being able to, to, to listen to other people's stories and to, to basically get motivation from them. Like that was one big thing that helped me. um, And it's about finding whatever it is, for you that helps so whether it be podcasts whether it be reading whether it be looking at documentaries of people who have you know had success stories but also gone through difficult times so it was I yeah I guess my my advice is a bit two-pronged I guess leaning on people around you but also finding your motivation um in you know in ways that maybe you you wouldn't have had before like I would have never listened to podcasts before but it was a new outlet for me that kept me going brilliant yeah well your motivation is clear to see for everyone. You're back um, playing, flying it um, with Shelburne. You have played in Bordeaux and in Charlton as well. So you've got experience, like you've sampled different uh, kind of cultures, different ways of playing. What's your opinion on where our league is at the moment? Because say Charlton, they're WSL too. Like we're obviously always looking to improve the league and having someone like you still in our league is brilliant for us. But where do you think we are in terms yeah. of standard? Um. 
So my, my answer to this would have been probably slightly different uh, two weeks ago than it is now. And, and Pearl will laugh when I tell you why. But um, I think there's definitely been improvements from like before I left to go play for Charlton to now. There's definitely improvements. I mean, obviously, most club, no one's playing for subs. Firstly, like that's absolutely massive to be out of pocket to be playing is is ridiculous and it's just great to, to see that improvement um so that's that's brilliant and then obviously look the quality of the players that we are producing um these days has shot up compared to five years ago you know some of the players that have gone across the water but also some of the players that are still here that are in the national squad for example like Ellen Malloy Jess Sue now going to West Ham like you know it's fantastic that you know we've in a way we've brought up those players here in the league um it was, I found it, you know, this is the first time being openly uh, vocal about it, but I, you know, our game against Wexford was cancelled a couple of weeks ago. And, um, like, if I'm not mistaken, they had brought in um, the idea of, like, having a few extra weekends off so that if there was any kind of cancelled games that, you know, they would be rescheduled then. And our game's been rescheduled to a Tuesday evening where we're all going to have to take a half day off um, probably get back at 1am in the morning and then I'll be working the next the next morning. So that was definitely kind of a low point for me to hear that just because I felt like we'd made so many strides forward in the league and so all this positivity around what's improved and then to see that, I felt it was a bit of a step back. Um, and look, at the end of the day, it's not a big deal, but it is in a way at the same time because it's about principles and it's about you know, trying to do the right thing. Um, and I know you can't have it every which way in scheduling difficulties, but it's just important that we don't put players at risk. And that's the main thing. We don't, you know, we don't have players out of pocket. We don't have them, at, you know, at risk um, of injury from tiredness or anything like that. And I just found that a little bit disappointing when we've, you know, we've talked about all the improvements and then to, to see that happen. Yeah, like it's, it's always that kind of two steps forward, maybe just one back at the moment. But um, yeah, those, those little things, they do make a difference. And they're the kind of things that we, we do need to maybe put your foot down a little bit um, and just be like, no, you have free weekends. Make sure that they're used for the, the right reasons and make sure the pitches are in good nick and all that sort of stuff. Um, but like you say, we do have good players. We're producing really, really good players in the league. Um, do you think that, you're, is it is the WSL maybe too big of a step or do you think the WSL 2 is the perfect kind of stepping stone um, in terms of standard? Because we often do see very stars here. Yeah. I think it's very individual. Um, like, I think this step up to WSL would be quite large. Um, I think, you know, having played at Charlton, um, I think that, you know, some of the top, you know, some of the top players here would probably do very well at some of the top teams in the championship. Um, the likes of Jessu, you know, Anna Malloy, any of those young girls who are really flying at their young age, um, it may be worth their while going to a WSL club um, for a season and seeing how much improvement they can get from that, you know, just one season of maybe not getting much game time, but getting mm-hmm. that training exposure to fantastic players and fantastic coaching. And then, you know, after a year of maybe not much game time, then, you know, getting a move to another club or or then starting to get game time where they are. So I think it's always an individual question. I think you've got to understand who the other players are in your position at the club that you're going to. Um, so, I mean, overall, if I was to give you a 
succinct answer to that. I think the the step up would probably be to to a top team in the championship and then a step up from there. Um, but it really does depend on the person and you know maybe you know maybe for for example like Jamie Finn like you know making that step over for her she's getting loads of game time she's definitely improving. Yes, it's difficult because they're not getting the results um, and mentally it might be a bit difficult for her. But what that year, you know, of difficulty will do for her is probably a lot. Like she'll probably mm-hmm. get a move to, you know, a decent, another decent WSL side and then push on from there. So um, it's about looking at all the different factors um, and deciding. But generally speaking, I'd say the step would be to go via the championship probably for most players. What about your own ambitions now? Obviously, I would. I don't want to. Other, you know, than, other than winning, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd love if Shells lost you, but I don't want you to leave the country, to be honest. But what about your own ambitions now? Is it just um, back playing and keep striving for the Irish caps and see what comes about, or would you actively look to try something new again? Yeah, I think. Um, I think ultimately I'll find it very difficult to keep my place in the Ireland squad if I don't move away. Um, and like, look, as I said, like <laughs> my sources of happiness um, are mostly my relationships. So like if I'm not playing professionally and playing for Ireland, that won't be the end of my life. And like mm-hmm. for some people, football is their be all and end all. And I completely understand that. And as I said, being at the, the podcast as well like it is a massive part of my life and when I don't have it I struggle but I need you know I need to have the right people around me so I guess I guess the idea is hopefully yeah to to move away um, and at least you know play semi-professionally and then see where that takes me um, and I'd love to obviously keep playing for Ireland um, for as long as I can so in order to kind of touch all bases there. Yeah. If I could play semi-professionally or professionally, I could keep playing for Ireland and I could still be close to family and friends. That would be the ideal scenario. How that plays out. I don't know. Um, but I have an agent now. So yeah, I mean, um, close your, or block your ears, Pearl, but, uh, I will <laughs> probably, uh, look to see what my options might potentially be in the summer. If something works great, if not, I'll just hold off. It's not about, you know, unsettling myself and making myself unhappy just for the sake of trying to force something. So um, I will be looking at options, but um, only if it kind of works on all fronts. How do you feel about that, bro? <laughs> I'm okay, Karen. I'm okay. okay. But in, in fairness, though, in we, I, yeah, I think we, you know, we were delighted to obviously keep it. And even for this season, we thought, you know, a few of us obviously would have headed off. And I think in terms of yourself, it's just making sure, like everybody else, we're always, it's always hard to lose players. I think you would agree, Karen, as well. You would have lost, obviously, I know I'd seen on Twitter and stuff that you weren't okay that time when you lost Claire and and stuff like that. So, you know, it is, it's really tough for us to, you know, and I suppose the time and when you lose players, but it has to be, you know, if it's the perfect move and the right move for you, Chloe, like any other squad, we're always delighted. Similar with Jess Sue, you know, she's worked so hard to get a move and it's great to see her and we'll always support her. So I think, look, everyone at Shells, as hard as it is, we kind of know it'll be hard to keep the likes of Chloe. So look, the fact that she's here for the first part of the season is a huge plus for us. So long may it continue. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's particularly tricky because it's Champions League, you know, that makes Mm, it attractive to stay as well. So yeah, it is definitely difficult. Uh, It really has to be, has to be the right circumstances, the right move. Like, but we'll see. 
Well, on that note, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. We're delighted to have you. We obviously wish you so well. Um, not Michelle's, but in <laughs> the rest of... <laughs> no, we do. Like, I'm just so happy that you're back playing and like not just playing, absolutely bossing it. I mean, you're coming up to internationals now, so that you obviously have one eye on that, I would say, just before we wrap up. I just want to get your thoughts <laughs> on those upcoming games. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, but... As as I said, you know, following my first cap, like if I'm in in April, fantastic. If I'm not, it doesn't matter. There's so many girls who are deserving. I just got to keep working away. And as I said, the way that I can ensure to be in every time is if is if I get a semi professional or professional um, deal. So I can't be expecting to be in unless that's the case. Uh, so look, fingers crossed. I make the cut. If I don't, I won't be too disappointed, and I'll just look towards towards June. Well, I look forward to hopefully seeing you in that game. I don't want you on the panel beside me anymore in RTD. I want to be watching you on the pitch. Um, but it has been so lovely to talk to you. Um, some really, really good insights there. Um, so thanks a million for joining us on the podcast. That is all from myself, Pearl and Emma on this week's Koi Gate Pod in association with Capri FC, official snack partners to the Republic of Ireland's women's national team. As ever, we'll be back with you again next week. So make sure you're subscribed to the Koi Gate Pod anywhere you get your podcast now chloe loves podcasts so keep subscribing that's it thanks guys appreciate it thanks Chloe. the koi gig pod and otb sports in association with cadbury a player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support